In the holy name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. Welcome back. Today is Easter for the rest of us. The rest of us who, like Thomas, struggle just a bit with everything that happened last week at this time. Let's face it. The whole Easter thing is just a little bit unbelievable for normal human beings. It's not that a dead man comes back to life. That actually is the easy part from last week. It's that the dead man is Jesus Christ, the son of the living God, and after his brilliant and obedient performance last week, rising from the dead at the behest of his heavenly father, he certainly must have got better offers by now, better than hanging around with you and with me. So it's a bit unbelievable that our Lord loves us this much, that even after all we did to him during Lent, the lies and the betrayal and the crucifixion, he is still willing to come back and to stick by us, to love us and to bless us and to make us his own and someday to take us home again with him to heaven, our new Eden. That is not how any of us would have done it. Love and loyalty would not have been our first impulse if we had been betrayed and then crucified. Revenge would have been closer to our truth. But as the Gospel of John says, today is the eighth day since Jesus rose from the dead. And anytime you see an eight in Scripture, something good is going on. Our Lord spoke eight times in creation. Let there be light, let there be sky, let there be water, let there be birds and beasts and creeping things. Our Lord spoke eight times to get it all started. And the rest of the scripture rejoices in that eight-sided goodness. There were eight folks in Noah's ark. And when the flood came, all eight were saved. Any little baby boy born to the children of Israel was circumcised on the eighth day. And that made him a son of the covenant. Jesus was transfigured on the eighth day to start Lent. Jesus was risen from the dead on the eighth day to start Easter. And now today, Jesus starts ordaining men into the holy ministry on the eighth day, a holy ministry meant to preserve his church. By the way, you should know that we will be remembering the eights in our new place with eight bursts in the marble medallion that surrounds the baptismal font, and with an eight-sided rail that surrounds the new altar platform, marking where the Lord and his pastors do their apostolic work. Eight is a holy number. So says Luther in his last work on Genesis. Eight is the eternal number. It is the number of heaven. But in any crowd, there are always folks like Thomas, folks who are tactile learners, folks who struggle to learn until they see, until they touch, until they feel, until they get to put all the pieces together, all by themselves, with their own hand. 
So over the years, maybe we have been too hard on St. Thomas and the way that he learns about salvation. It is true that our Lord says in verse 29, blessed are those who believe without seeing. That is true. But we also know that St. Thomas was blessed, first as an apostle, then as a missionary, and finally with martyrdom. What is most interesting and most kind in the gospel for today is how Jesus cares for Thomas as a pastor, and frankly, how he cares for folks like Thomas, folks like us who struggle to get it right. Thomas is a modern. He is a product of the Enlightenment, or at least that's how it seems to us. Moderns say, if I don't see it, it's not true. If I don't touch it, it's not risen. If I don't feel it, it's not alive. And if it didn't happen to me, then it didn't happen. Thomas lives by perception and not by reality. It is the classic modern mistake of putting ourselves at the center of the universe as if our experience, our little tiny experience, was the limit or the boundary on all the great works of God. As if God can't do anything at all unless he clears it with me or with you first. Unless I myself see it, unless I feel it, unless I touch it. But you see in the text that Jesus loves Thomas so much that he's willing to work through that man's pride and his stubbornness and his self-centeredness. And he gives himself to Thomas in a way that Thomas can understand. He loves Thomas the way Thomas needs to be loved. Okay, Thomas, you're a tactile learner. Touch this. Go ahead, put your fingers right there in the spot where I was pierced with nails. If that's not enough for you, you could put your hand right there. That's nasty, isn't it? That's where they got me with the spear. The Greek text says he should push his hand all the way in, thrust it in and feel around. You feel that, Thomas? That's original equipment. That's all me. That's all my stuff. When that soldier poked Jesus with his spear, dishonoring him after he was already dead, I am sure that you remember what gushed out. It was Jesus' stuff. The Bible says that it was blood and water, which, as you know, is the stuff of Eucharist and baptism. What gushed out of him was stuff to touch, and so there it is, the sacraments in the Gospel of John, the stuff of sacraments, the water and blood of Jesus himself, which Jesus uses to touch us, folks like Thomas and you and me. Jesus touches us with these, water and blood, and he has been using his stuff to save us ever since. So it took a whole week, but it was a glorious week, this octave of Easter, these first eight days. It took a week, but now Jesus has gotten everybody on the same page. The ancients, the moderns, and the postmoderns. 
the thinkers, the feelers, the listeners, the seers, and the touchers, the risen Jesus, the apostles, even the doubting one, his old church, and all of you, his new church. After eight days, Jesus has worked hard to put everybody on the same page and make them one. Do you see how Jesus did that? He did it by giving his stuff to them, the very same stuff that he gives to all of you, his perfect flesh and his risen blood, the stuff born of Mary, the stuff laid in a manger and then nailed to a cross and then laid in the tomb and then risen from the dead, the stuff that heals us and forgives us and moves us and someday carries us to heaven. But we're not there yet. From now until heaven, from now until then, he gives me and Pastor Gaming and Pastor Nelson to all of you to be your pastors, to deliver his perfect gifts of water body and blood, spirit, and so forgiveness in life. Until then, he gives you to us as parishioners to be cared for and to be nourished. And more, till then, he gives each one of you to all the others to be his community, his body, his church, alive with possibility and with usefulness. It's all there in the gospel reading for today. Like the holy apostles, we pastors have been ordained, which is to say, we have been trained and examined and chosen and blessed and divinely put into place to touch you with the stuff of Jesus and to forgive your sins. In a sentence, we are here to church you. That's why this text is read at ordination. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven, and if you don't, they're not. It's as simple as that. That is what pastors do. They forgive sins. Or more broadly, they church you. But then you all get busy by churching the world. That is your thing. These things are written so that you, plural, you, all of you, all of you in the room, all of you in this room, all of you outside there, these things are written that you all may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that believing that, you may have life in his name. These things are written that all of you may believe and that everybody you know could believe about Jesus' incarnation and death and resurrection, about his stuff, at the font and the altar. That's not just for us. That is for all the world. Christ died and he rose for all God's children. He rose so that his heavenly father can have all his children back, not just us. So off we go on this eighth day after Easter, everybody doing what they have been given to do. Pastors sent out to forgive sins with a word of peace and a blessing of the Spirit 
which encompasses your whole life, of course, as the Catechism says, where there is forgiveness of sins, there is life and salvation. So every spiritual thing is given into the care of your pastor. His job is to church you. But then your job today is to go out the door and speak of the gift, to live in the gift, the gift that gushed from Jesus' side. Your job is to live in his stuff, in his water, in his body, in his blood. The touchable things, water and blood, are now found at his font and at his altar. These marvelous eights that make you what you are, forgiving you and recreating you and churching you here so that you find your spot and work your spot and you carry Easter out into the world, that joy and that peace, that Jesus, to help you as you church the world. We church you, you church the world. It's simple. Now all there is to do is to do what we've been told. In the holy name of Jesus, amen. <laughs>